to Something Through the Shit. I'm your host, KT. Today's date, November 25th, 2022. I'll start with saying Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that your families were able to get together and uh, enjoy a meal blessed by the Lord. Funny, um, I'm notorious for being the political one in my service. And, uh, was at the in-laws for uh, Thanksgiving Day dinner, and they started, you know, it, politics is every, everywhere these days, you can't avoid it, and I just, you know, kept shoveling food in my mouth, and one of my brother-in-laws later steps over to, you know, he's like, uh, hey, surprised you didn't say anything right there, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, there's a time and place for everything, and Now's not the time nor the place. Okay. But let's talk about what's going on in the world today. So Donald Trump's big, huge announcement that's, you know, going to change America was that he's running for president for 2024. As if nobody knew that. Now, there's a couple reasons. For him to do this, but I don't think it was as big a deal as he made it out to be. The biggest reason for him to do this is setting precedent again. So the buy-in administration, I, I think it was like literally days later, um, has set forth a special counsel to look into Donald Trump and the January 6th thing. Even though we've just went through 18 months of January 6th committee clown show. So, yeah, I find that to be uh, unusual. Whatever. Um, but investigating your political opponent after he has announced for candidacy to run against you is... Uh, the word is full power. It, I mean, basically the Democrats scream, oh no, 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 you can't look into Joe Biden because, you know, he's your political opponent now. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, they always throw these rules at us and we always try to abide by them until, you know, they go and break the rules. But, mark my word, that's going to come back to haunt them. But then this last week, I hear now that uh, Ron DeSantis has announced a run for candidacy for 2024. Which is funny because, you know, and I kind of read through this bullshit up anyhow. When his opponent down there in uh, Florida for the governor election was saying, you know, two seconds after this guy wins governorship, he's going to be running for president and leaving Florida high and dry. And DeSantis is like, you know, right now, I'm running for governor. Let's focus on governor. Which, you know, was a pretty good comeback, but... Anyhow, where, where am I going with this? Well, if, let's say, come primary season 2024... Right now, I mean, when I think of all the potential candidates that could run for 2024... Trump and DeSantis are the two top ones. 
there, there's nobody even close outside of those two. But let's say Trump doesn't win the candidacy for the GOP. If he goes rogue, so to speak, and goes third party or independent or whatever, then my gut suspicions will be revealed that this has all been a psyop to destroy the Republican Party. Because when Trump came on board, the one thing that we, that most everybody I know loved about the man was that both sides hated him. Both sides are like, yeah, no, 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 we can't have this guy coming in here stirring up the pot. To me, that was a big, woohoo, you damn right I want this guy in there stirring up the pot. Because the pot's stale and old and needs to be stirred. So, you know, these podcasts are more or less just me thinking out loud. If you've listened long enough, you know that sometimes in the middle of my rants here, I actually come to a fruition. But, not a fruition, but you know what I'm saying. A little, ooh, yeah. One of those moments. Light bulb. And, so, that would be the end-all, be-all for the Republican Party in 2024. If Trump goes rogue, splits the vote, giving the Democrats another four years in the White House. Because right now, they're putting everything in place. Getting their little, little election laws passed. They're pushing for their gun control shit. And they get past 2024 and have a win there. The cuffs come off. You will see elimination of the Second Amendment. Not actually the Second Amendment actually being removed, but there will be so many laws in place that you won't be able to defend yourself against any tyrannical government anymore. Now let's talk about the Second Amendment for a second. And the schools, what they're teaching these kids about the history of this nation and why we have our Constitution and why we have these amendments. So as I'm getting ready to uh, take a seat on the school board locally here, and I did get a fit, an official word I haven't actually got the letter in the mail yet, but somebody who is a uh, a local township clerk told me the other day that this, the letters went out on uh, Wednesday and that I I did win my seat. Me and two of the four of us that had, were running as a team. And came across something on uh, Instagram that the state of California, well, I think it was Los Angeles maybe, there's a uh, elementary school that has uh, 
Satan happy hour, more or less, for kids. And they got this little cartoon caricature of uh, Satan with a monocle. And, you know, he doesn't look pure evil, but he doesn't look, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy either. And I got to thinking about that, you know, and, and the whole separation of uh, state and government. And how I've always said is separation of state and government, not separation of or from state and government. And what do I mean by that? Well, I don't think anybody who looks back at our founders can say that they did not have a pretty deep uh, religious belief system and that our justice system was set up based on religious morality. So, what if my small little community, one of these St. Happy Hour after school things come to my school? What can I do about that? What should I do about that? Should I declare, oh no, 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 Satanism is a religion, we can't have this here. But once I do that, well then, I've also abolished any possibility of there being a Jesus happy hour after school. So, for every yin, there's a yang. This is a decision that, you know, I pray I don't have to deal with it in my tenure there. But my gut's telling me that it may not be Satan Happy Hour, but it's going to be Gay Pride Hour or, you know, the Transgender Hour or freaking drag queen pedophiles reading storybooks to children on their lap hour. And how do you battle that? from a fair and just point of view. It comes back to the whole, what would Jesus do? You know, and one thing that I've really taken from this, uh, this series, The Chosen, is one thing that you know, Jesus said, and this really stuck with me. I'm not here to save you from Rome. I'm here to make a path for you into the kingdom of God after this world. And so I struggle with focusing so much on the evil and the things that surround us and face us every day on this planet and try to remember my goal isn't to change the world. My goal is to bring as many souls to Jesus for their salvation after this life. Now, does that mean we just throw up our hands? Don't fight back here? I don't know about that either. I mean, there's times when 
honestly, I get some pretty serious bad thoughts when I think about the evil that these people do. And I pray to God that, you know, murder is murder. It doesn't matter if you're murdering somebody who's evil or not. And how do you bring these people to justice when they utilize the justice system to pull off their evil? One other thing I said to my brother-in-law this weekend is this whole process of me getting elected to the school board has made me realize there is a way to bypass their fraudulent system. And it's not easy. But the way to bypass it is to do a write-in election. And here's why. See, my position, I was a write-in candidate. So, the person voting for me had to know my name, had to write it on the ballot in a, in a manner that the the elector, uh, the board of electors, yeah, the board of canvassers would look at it and say, okay, yep, this is who he meant, that's who he's voting for. And then they also had to fill in the circle because when you're putting that ballot into the machine, the machine ain't looking at the name on the ballot. The machine is programmed to recognize the dots that you fill in, that you circle in on the ballot. And the location of those dots. So even if you wrote the name in, but you didn't fill in the dot, it don't count. The machine doesn't even recognize it. Spits it right into the ballots of, of just every other ballot. But if you fill in the dot next to the write-in thing, it kicks it out to the side. Now a human being has to review that ballot. And I just had an epiphany that I'll share with you in a minute. So that the human being now has to review that ballot for that part of the ballot. This is where it gets a little tricky. So and it's not just one human being. It's supposedly one Democrat and one Republican, at a minimum, will review that ballot and be like, okay, yep, they voted for KT. No question. Now, this is on a little local school board level. How do you do this on a greater level? Well, as I sit here and I think about my future, and I, I really, believe me, I've been very political since probably the early 90s. Um, quite honestly, I wasn't a voter. I just really listened to a lot of political uh, commentary. And, you know, sucked it in and kind of, you know, sat back and thought, all right, well, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. And just kind of used my common sense that God gifted me with. And... So, I had never really thought about, 
and I can't really say that, in 2007, I decided I've had enough of this shit. I'm running for governor as an independent. I did a couple radio, uh, talk radio interviews, one in uh, Big Rapids, one up in Traverse City here, and Norm Jones roasted me good in the one in Traverse City. He talked about gun control, and at the time, I didn't really, I didn't understand the Second Amendment the way I understand the Second Amendment now. Shall not be infringed leaves zero for interpretation. That means you can't excessively tax the ammunition. And that's why they use the term arms. Not guns, not bullets, not machine guns, not cannons, arms. They left it very vague for a reason. Because they knew weaponry would change over time. Technological advancements would help. If I'm not mistaken, when they started, um, or maybe that was the Civil War. But weaponry, they knew weaponry would change over time. And with that change, the people had to still have the right to defend themselves against the tyrannical government. So... In 2007, I'm like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm running for governor as an independent. I will not take money from any corporation, any uh, union, any pact thing. None of that shit. I'm going as an independent. I will not be bought. My donors, if you will, my base is the people of Michigan. And I knew it was a long shot, but I'll tell you what, through that process, and that was 2007. Now, mind you, the election was in 2010. In 2008, I lost my job, and I'm like, oof. Well, I got to focus on, you know, earning some money, so obviously the election thing is off. But While I was, I started up a business, um, an LED lighting business in 2010. And through the process of doing that, I walked into a business in Traverse City, a little gas station outside of town, owned by, oh, I can't think of his name right now. It's literally at the tip of my tongue. But anyhow, this guy, as I'm introduced to him, he says, you say KT that ran for governor a couple years ago? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. This guy sits on the Republican Party chair, board, whatever it is up here. Which tells me these cocksuckers knew who I was. Even though I was some little tiny puke, they knew who I was. And I'll damn well guarantee you, they still follow me today. Because I'm a threat to their system. I'm a threat to their established tyranny. And the more I sit back and the more I analyze ways to overthrow that tyrannical establishment, not my government. I don't want to overthrow my government. I want to overthrow the establishment 
that manipulates my government. There is a huge distinction. I firmly believe that there has never been a better form of government in human history than what the United States has when it is applied as intended. Which we are a long way off from right now. So, what's my next step? I'm on the school board. I gotta start fighting for transparency with this fucking school board because right now, there is none. But it's gonna take baby steps. I'd love to just waltz in there and be like, yeah. Nope, this is how shit's going now, motherfuckers, because here we are. Deal with it, bitch. But I can't just go in there like that. Oh, believe me, I'm going to be kicking a lot of freaking tables and flipping them over. And shit's going to be different. I assure you of that. But currently, we have one person who's in charge of FOIA requests. And it's the one person who I hear rules by intimidation. How on earth can you have this man be the only person who's in charge of FOIA requests? And then when I send an email to the top guy at the Board of Education from Michigan, and he replies with, well, you know, we're we're supposed to abide by the letter of the law, blah, 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 yada, yada, suck my dick, motherfucker. Because if we could rely on that to happen, we wouldn't need a FOIA system, would we? So, I've got to get those things in place first. I've been threatening to, uh, go to my local GOP in my uh, county and tell those assholes that their their days are numbered. But I found out something pretty interesting. There is no GOP office in my county. Wow! Seems to me I need to start one. And the beautiful thing about that is using their funds to take them down. That's what they do to us. You think about all the fun. Think about how much tax dollars they take in every year. They spend. How much of that goes overseas? How much is that filtered back into their campaign finance bullshit? And that's the thing. They're, they're little uh, non-profit organizations you know, the Hill, the Clinton Foundation. Isn't it funny that, like, within months after Trump winning in 2016, that the Clinton Foundation closed its doors? And then literally within months of Biden administration taking office in after the 2020 election, oh, Clinton Foundation's back. Come on, man. You can't make this shit up. You could not be more obvious than that. You're a criminal syndicate. Done deal. End of story. What's next? So, 
I have to go to the local uh, or the closest uh, town, city, county, which is Grand Traverse County, or no, yeah, Grand Traverse County, and find their GOP office and more or less tell them, hey, hey you know, I'm going to be a little covert about it, but they'll probably know who I am anyhow. Like, hey, I want to start a GOP office in Kalkaska County. What do I do to make that happen? Help me out, boys! Because <laughs> you're going down, you sons of bitches! And I'm sure, just like my plan to get into um, the school board, you know, I was going to waltz right in until somebody found out and leaked our plan to the board and to the administration of what we were doing. But that's okay. Because I'm putting things in place. God has allowed me to put things in place to make these things happen. And I pray that this is what His will is for me. I pray a lot saying, God, just, you know, you've put me in a place that I can do these things and make a difference. I want to do whatever it is you want me doing. So maybe somewhere down the road, I end up looking at running for a local house. You know, I don't even want a congressional seat. I want a Senate seat at my state level. Because the Senate, you serve longer terms and you can probably get more done. And once I get that seat, I need to work diligently to get other like-minded people into their seats into their local communities the problem is once I've gotten in through a write-in candidacy then they need to change their rules they need to, they need to change their game plan it's kind of like playing football and I'm not I, I have no use for football I hardly ever watch it but if you're playing up against the team, and you're losing. They are totally kicking your ass. What are you doing? You're taking notes. You're going, all right, well, they lined up like this. And this is the play they launched. And this is how they kicked our ass with a uh, touchdown here. So we need to move our defensive guys over here. But they, see, that's the difference. This puts them on defense instead of offense. Right now, them bastards are on offense, offense and they're kicking our ass. We need to get them on defense. And we could do that with the write-in candidacy. I'm not sure what they could do to defend against it. They could make the write-in candidacy more difficult via um, election campaign laws. See, now one thing I discovered for my local um, school board thing, and thank God, I don't know what fool wrote this, but thank God they did. If you have... There's two things. If you spend less than $1,000, you are not actually a quote-unquote candidate. And if you are in a school district that has less than 2,401 students, you are not actually a school board candidate under their school board campaign finance law. So... Me and my four people, we spent a total of like, I don't know, 700 and some dollars. It wasn't much. 
That's between four of us. And we took these positions pretty handedly. I'm a little disappointed that one of my guys didn't make it, but that's a story in itself that I'm not going to get into here. But the fact is, I need to learn what rules are in place so that when I go to run as a um, write-in candidate, because even if I end up starting a GOP office in my local county, I don't know that I'm going to run under a GOP name. Because, see, once you've done that, once you've got yourself established with a brand like that, then you are, we'll say, owned. And you know what? The only people who are going to own me in politics is my constituents. And see, here's the thing. As a school board member, there may be things, as a conservative, that my constituents may not agree upon as a majority. But see, I understand that if that's the case, that's tough shit for me. I have to represent my constituents, not my personal agenda, not my personal thoughts and feelings on things. I'm there to represent them. And I got a feeling that most politicians just don't think that way. But like I said, the beauty of this is to go in, use their money, use their system to bring them down. And it's not going to be an easy battle. But I think it can be won. And I firmly believe that this is the only way that we can do it. Because we are stuck with a two-party system. It's just, it's got too big, too powerful to not be. To have a third party come in and, and, you know, make a concerted effort and actually win something. It's just not likely to happen. So this is the answer. Bypass their system. Make all those votes go into a bend and be counted individually, not by the machine. Now, back to the whole, how could they circumvent this? Well, I suppose they could program that machine to only count one of every, I don't know, one of every, or one third of every write-in candidacy. So, and these machines are programmed to do this. Keep in mind, in 2020, there were talks of, and I firmly believe that this is, I mean, it's a computer. You can program it to do anything you want. So every Trump vote gets 0.9 of a vote, and every Biden vote got 1.1 of a vote, or, you know, however they wanted to split it up. At the end, you still end up with a full amount of votes, but they didn't go exactly where they were supposed to go. And the only way to cure that is to go back through and count these individually. So they could, once they figure out my game plan, after the first time, they could go, oh, shit, you know what? So we're going to program this machine to only count one of every three write-in candidates. So it only kicks out one of every three. Now, it's still possible, though, to go back through 
and audit those votes by hand. There again, that takes expense. Huge expense. They don't do this shit for free. So getting it right the first time is important. And trust me, they are some wily bastards. They'll find ways to get around and to make sure that nobody like me ever gets in there again. But what are they going to do with me once I'm there? Because I'll damn well guarantee you, my constituents, all of them, Republican, Democrat, Independent, are going to love what I'm doing in there. Because, like I said, I'm not there for me. I'm there for them. So this is a pretty long podcast. I haven't done these in a while. Um, i got to get to work. So God bless. Have a good day. Keep praying. Keep your head clear. Listen to everything they say. Don't look at somebody as a savior. Just use what God gave you. God bless. Have a good day.